Welcome to the Rodeo Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Camry Rorta, and if this is your first time to the Rodeo Kids Podcast, we want to welcome you. If you have been here and come back for more, welcome back. We appreciate you guys tuning in to listen, and we have got a podcast full of just so much insight and advice and inspiration and guidance, uh, unlike some of the other podcasts that we've done. This one was done right outside of our trailer, spur of the moment at the Flat Tops Rodeo Bible Camp with some of our new friends that we made while we were there. And God just brings us together in the most interesting, exciting, and amazing ways. So we just wanted to share this one with you because Ricky and John, they just have so much to offer and they're just good fearing Christian men. And I think they set a really good example for the young men and for the young women and and what it's like to be in a relationship with Christ, to be in a relationship with each other, what it's like to continue moving forward, the difference between being a turtle and an eagle, which you guys will enjoy that. And before we get started, I just want to leave you with the Bible verse from Isaiah 40, 31, and it talks about, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So without further ado, let's go with Ricky and Sarge at the Laptops Rodeo Bible Camp sitting outside our horse trailer. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. We are here with Ricky M. Lynn and John... Blevins. Blevins. John Blevins and John Rorda and myself, Camry Rorda. And we are at the Flat Tops Rodeo Bible Camp. And we have had quite the conversation tonight. And we are here just to continue that conversation and share it with you on things that the good Lord has laid on our heart to share with families and children in the rodeo world. Because we all know that there is a wonderful uh, life out there and so much to offer. So I want to turn this over to these guys to share what the good Lord lays on their heart tonight to share with you. All right, guys, I'm turning it over to you. Who's going to start it out? Well, Cammy, thank you so much for having us here. We're actually sitting by, by uh, uh, John and Cammy's trailer tonight. And uh, we just had, um, I guess, day one, the full day of uh rodeo bible camp and i'm just uh i'm blown away by um the lord and his goodness um these last couple of years have been kind of crazy where situations in the world and things that have been happening have kind of disconnected us um from each other and um i know today has been a huge kind of awakening for me even as a dad, I've got um, three kids. I manage a ranch in Old Snowmass, Colorado. And my kids are 14, um, 11, and 9. And um, they're homeschooled. And um, during COVID and all those things, we just kind of continued our lives together. But things got more and more disconnected. And I'm just reminded that, you know, we need each other especially as believers, we need to be connected to one another. Um, we need to support one another and we need to put ourselves out there. Um, uh, you know, I, we were talking over dinner and Cammy mentioned, you know, it's, it's, we're pointing up, but we also have to be pointing out. And a lot of times we're really good with pointing up. Um, you know, I've had some incredible times with the Lord these last couple of years, but as far as pointing out, it's it's like I bought into the place of, wow, I've got to isolate more because the world is getting maybe more and more difficult or crazy. So I end up becoming more and more like a turtle. And today I'm just reminded, and tonight just reminded that that's not what we're called to be. We're not called to be turtles. Um, you know, in Isaiah talks about that we're called to be eagles and um 
And that's, that's a pretty um, powerful picture, you know, from a turtle to an eagle. It's like the vision changes. A turtle sees a couple inches off the ground. The eagle sees for miles. And, um, and uh, that's where we need to be. That's where I need to be. That's where I need to be as a father. That's where I need to be as a husband and also as a son. Amen. Um, and I need to be a man of vision and uh, looking ahead and being excited for the future, not believing everything that I'm hearing in social media and the news, but getting my news from the Lord. Because when we get our news from the Lord, let me tell you, there is so much hope. There is so much love in that. And I just feel so full. It's been a, um, a long time um, that I've felt this way. I, um, um, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 21. I'm from Canada and I gave my life to the Lord in a coal mine. Well, outside of the coal mine, Bumus coal mine in Tumblr Ridge, BC from a, a guy who led me to the Lord was an ex hell's angel biker. His name was Gary Carter, six, six, 300 plus pounds, a real big guy. And he shared, um, about a relationship that I could have with our loving God. And that changed everything for me. Um, when I said that prayer, he said, you're going to be a father to the fatherless. But I realized that there really isn't any fatherless. We just don't know him. The father of fathers, he's made us for a purpose and a destiny. And when I gave my life to the Lord on that mountain road, um, it was like, wow, like you created me for a reason. And that reason sent me all over the world as a missionary uh, in an organization called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And I felt like I didn't have really a lot to give, but I was available. And when you make yourself available, let me tell you, God can change the world through you. When you just say, when you open up your hands and uh, you say, Lord, I'm available, use me. And so I went on this journey. Um, and along this journey, there were some tough things that happened. And I started to allow the things of the world to come in, like bitterness and, and some other things. And, um, uh, yeah. And so allowing those things to come into my life kind of blocked, it kind of blocked the communication link a little bit with the Lord. It wasn't so much like sin issues. It was, Allowing the, the, the miles, allowing the journey to kind of, um, it was kind of like my wheels got in that soft mud and it started to turn. And then before long, I wasn't moving forward at all. And then I started getting comfortable sitting in that place. And then I found myself becoming that turtle where really the Lord has called me to be an eagle. And, um, man these last couple of hours i i just feel like uh, the vision is slowly coming back to be able to see and there was a time where when the lord spoke i went i was in south africa no money the lord said start start a rescue home for street kids and i started it i didn't worry about the money the money came i had so much faith just to push and to go i was in uh, belo horizonte brazil i I was not a good student in high school. I was like, Lord, how can I communicate with these kids? I don't speak Portuguese. The Lord is like, I want to bring children in your life. The children are going to teach you how to speak Portuguese. And you know what? I learned Portuguese. And when I spoke, I spoke like a little street kid. People would look at me when I was at a grocery store and I would speak. And they laughed because I spoke like a little kid. Because the children... Okay, você está fazendo, cara. Beleza, beleza. Like, como você se chama? Like, I sound like a little kid. I, I sound like, hi, how are you? Oh, look at my toy. Oh, it's so good. That's how I sound in Portuguese. And uh, then I go to South Africa, and they speak uh, Afri Afrikaans. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't. I'm so intimidated. You know, how's my brain going to switch to be able to speak Afrikaans? And again, the Lord brought children in my life. I just said, I just made myself available. 
And the Lord is like, I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the things. And you know what? Um, like, I didn't know, you know, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I was able to learn it, but I made myself available and the Lord, um, did the rest. So I guess the big thing tonight is don't limit God. Um, I think we're our biggest enemies. A lot of times we stand in the way of what God wants us to do. And like what Cammy was saying earlier, you know, I think I've allowed fear to creep in, in my life. And that really can stop me from experiencing the fullness of God and the fullness of what he has for me. Because fear, sometimes you can use it as a blanket and then pride comes in and all that. And then before long, you're just like that turtle again, just popping your head up and then putting your head back in the, your shell. Um, and uh, I don't want to be a turtle. I want to be an eagle. I'm and, glad to hear that. I don't want you to be a turtle either. Thank you. <laughs> You'd make an ugly turtle, Sarge says. And I don't want my kids, and I don't want you guys to be an ugly turtle or a turtle. I want you to be eagles. And, you know, we are in such a great position in our Western culture, you guys, um, to soar like eagles and, and uh, to use the platforms that God gives us to share his love. And a lot of times we feel like it's just we're in this bubble of Western culture, but the rest of the world is searching out. You see the TV shows and different things that kind of want to show our Western culture. Um, but we have an opportunity to really show what, uh, what the roots are. And that's the Lord. Well, I think um, that's a really cool point is that you are talking about like, yes, media can only do so much. You know, they can only highlight the things that they want to highlight. But those of us who are the individuals who are actually living the lifestyle are the only ones who can really share what it is. Because yeah. we all know media is only going to put the highlight reel on yeah. and it's not the reality of it. But we all want real. We're all tired of the fakeness of the things and just the highlight reel. But mm -hmm. when we are authentic about the struggles that we have in dealing with horses and horsemanship and real in relationships and stuff like that's the real stuff in life. And so when we can be, uh, when we can share, take this Western lifestyle that we all know teaches so many true core values of how to live life and share that with the world, like we are doing a service. And, uh, one of the things that's really resonated with me recently is that if I do not do, if I do not share the things that God puts on my heart to share, that I am being disobedient oh, man. to God. And oh. that was like, whoa, like, yeah. I'm just not doing what I did, like what makes me uncomfortable. Like if I, if right. it's uncomfortable for me, yeah, I don't want to do it, yeah. but I know I should do it, but I really don't want to. When yeah. I, when I put it on me, it's really easy to say like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, because I know it's going to be hard, even though that's what I really want to do. But it's going to be hard. But then I had a, a another pastor and life coach explain to me, like, but if if you know that's what you really want to do, but you're not actually doing it, if you know there's something on your heart that you're really supposed to share, but you're not sharing it, or you know there's really something that you're supposed to do that God put on your heart that you're supposed to do, but you're not doing it because the world tells you A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, A, K, you can go on and on and on about the world tells you, you are being disobedient to God. And that makes it that you are doing the wide gate instead of the narrow gate. And the narrow gate is what God tells us to do. And the wide gate is what Satan wants us to do. So we got to follow that narrow gate, which is hard, but it's important. I want to follow the narrow gate. How about you guys? I want to follow the narrow gate, but I want to also bring up, uh, I want Ricky to tell a story of where God had him. And where God wanted him to propose to his wife. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. So John is my father-in-law. So. Uh, John, which John? We got two Johns here. Oh, John Blevins. Yep. And he'll he'll share a little bit here in a second of his story. But he's such a blessing in my life. And, and uh, from day one, we just, um, yeah, have been, have been family, but also uh real close friends and super thankful. Um, but, uh, I met, uh, my wife, Jody, 
um, I met her in Los Angeles at a training uh, base in Youth with a Mission. And um, she had, I had come back from South Africa and uh, to Los Angeles where I had done a discipleship training school, which is kind of an entry point in YWAM. And uh, Jody had just come back from Nepal. Um, and uh, I remember, yeah, I remember the first time I saw her. Um, and uh, it was through a screen door. I was working in the kitchen. She walked by and I told the kitchen cook, I told the kitchen cook, I'm going to marry her one day. And she was, she's a Messianic Jewish. So her family was Jewish. She gave her life to Jesus. And then her family gave her life to Jesus. And she turned, she goes, whoa, did you feel that? And I, I said, yeah. She goes, that's the Holy Spirit. She goes, I know that you're going to marry her one day. Well, she wouldn't talk to me for like a year because she thought I was annoying. And, uh, and, and just, yeah, she, she wouldn't kind of go near me. And then, uh, and then, you know, we started, <laughs> we started talking and we led some teams around the world to, uh, which was neat. Um, which was neat. Yeah. Just Uganda, Tanzania, Kenya, refugee neat. camp, refugee camp in Sudan. And I was like, uh, I had talked, uh, we never really dated. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't date, but we did. And, and I remember sitting in Pasadena, California at the cheesecake factory. <laughs> well, no, it, it's not, it wasn't a conventional, it wasn't. Talk loud. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Try <me. laughs> You're going to have to edit this thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't conventional dating. Like it was, we were living life together moving forward in what lo the Lord had for us. And we bumped in to each other as we were headed in the same direction. Okay. Father-in-law, how do you feel about this? Well, this is awesome. But the awesome part. I'm getting to you. Is where I God know. led him to propose to her. I'm getting there. Okay. Get there. Be patient. I'm sure. I know. It's a good <laughs> one though, ain't it? Okay. So I go to her. I, I said, uh, Jody at Cheesecake Factory. She goes, why aren't you eating? And I'm like, I'm not hungry. She's like, like all around the country. And here we are at the cheese or all around the world. And here we are at the, the world. Factory. And I was like, listen, she goes, I go, listen, I'm going to be doing pastoral visits. I'm going to be in Africa again. I, I want to tell you before I go that I love you. And she was like, she smiled and laughed. And then she was like, well, I love you too. And uh, I said, I said, man, can you take me to go see your father? And, uh, and, uh, who's an awesome Christian. Yeah. So, so John, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So, so Jody's, Jody's birth dad, Tom is a great guy. Her, her stepfather, uh, John Blevins is also a great godly guy. They're both real godly guys. So, so, um, you know, John gave me a thumbs up and then I went to Tom. And, uh, she took me up to Northern California and I talked to Tom and, uh, and, uh, he gave me, um, uh, permission blessing. Yeah. Now everybody knew I had no money. So <laughs> like no money. <laughs> and so I went to Africa and I was doing some things called pastoral visit where I'm visiting different missionary teams in support. And, uh, uh, Jody was coming over and we were going to, uh, with a team and we were going to connect in Uganda and then head up to a refugee camp in, um, IDP camps in Uganda and then up in the Congo and, and Africa. Sudan, Africa. Yep. So, okay, Africa. yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, I felt like, uh, the Lord was like, man, you need to ask her in Africa and Africa has always been a really special place to me, it was kind of, I never thought I'd ever leave. I never had no desire to ever leave uh, my home and what I was doing. Um, and where but, did you call home? Yeah. So my home's in British Columbia and uh, Canada. yeah, in Canada. And my dad, I, he was my hero. This is he, mostly American. So. Oh, 
Yep. And it, he, he worked at some of the biggest ranches in the world at the time. He was my hero and uh, he passed away when I was 16. So that was, that was a, a tough, uh, tough for me. So from 16 on, um, uh, I looked at Western culture. It just, it was painful because it reminded me of my dad, but it was, you know, a part of uh, who I was. So now I'm in Africa. And I feel like the Lord was like, all right, you're going to go build a ring. And I'm like, build a ring. I got no money to build a ring because it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to build a ring. Because let me tell you, you need to have that diamond. You need to have that. But a ring. Oh yeah. Like a ring on your finger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but Lord, Lord was like, I want you to, to make a three strand cord. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. A three-strand cord out of the three precious metals of Africa. And I was like, oh, man, where do I go? So I was in a town called Jinja. So I'm walking down this town, and I see this guy. He looked like he was 100 years old, but he was a craftsman. And he he would craft things out of gold, tin, and copper, which happens to be the three precious metals of Africa. And so I walked in, and I was watching him. He spoke English and Lugandan in English. And I, I asked him, I said, could you build a ring for me? I, I want to build a three-strand ring with the three precious metals of Africa. And he was a real little guy, real wrinkly little guy. And he smiled at me, but he had no teeth. I think he had one tooth. And 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 he was like, uh, yeah, you know, let's... let's uh, pick out some stuff so he had this strand of gold he had this strand of tin and copper and uh he started to make this ring and i saw how he was like wrapping it and so much care and craftsmanship and when he was done and i didn't even know her uh ring size i knew her hands were smaller than mine (laughs) and i said maybe my pinky (laughs) and a little bit smaller than my pinky so he was like and then i go how much do I, you know, do I owe you? And it um, equaled a dollar fifty. Yes. Wow! And so now I have a ring. Okay, no money. I'm just like Lord. Let's go. And and so, all right. I'm going to ask her in Uganda. So, um, and I'm going to ask her at the source of the Nile River. Okay. Wow. And, uh, That's because a minor thing, no, That's the world's largest river. Yeah. Yes. And we want, uh, bigger than the Mississippi for those of you that live in America. Oh man. And a lot. Bigger. Oh, th- I didn't even know that it was big. <laughs> so I'm like, because I want you to be our source always father. So it was kind of symbolic. So, um, I go down ahead of time. Right. So I go down there and I find a boat driver and, uh, I'm like, Hey, can you take me to the source? Like take me to this little Island and like, he took me over there, and it was this island. And he's like, this is the source. What's the island look like? Just it's, get a vision. Yeah, it's small. It's like, this, actually, it's the size of, of like a rodeo arena. It's not very big. Okay. Um, and there uh, um, Yep, there's some trees and some a African. romantic novel right now, so we got to get the yes. visual. Like, and, you got to give us the details. And what blows me away is he's acting like it's not a big deal. But it's to me, it's an act of God. That put you in this place at this time for this one. Mm-hmm. So I go to the island and I'm like, all right, all right, father, you know, and so everything's set. So I got the boat driver, I got the whole deal. And uh, so I go back and uh, uh, I had some friends in Africa that were uh, missionaries and they were in on it and we were going to go on uh, motorbikes and we were going to go for a day out and uh, go to the source and because it was kind of like a tourist destination um and uh so they were all in on it so i asked jody i was like jody hey do you want to come with us and she did not want to ever be exclusive um cammy how would you describe like exclusive she always just Define the relationship. She, she, how do you want to explain it? Yeah. Cause me, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, 
she was like, all right, we're going with friends. We're going to kind of stay with friends. That's maybe what it was. Okay. And then we get down to the... So you didn't want to uh, be isolated. Yes, with me. Okay. So we get down to the source. You want to be alone. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the Nile. Now, my friends are in on this. So they know what we're, what I'm setting up here. Now, Jody knew I had no money. So she wasn't expecting a ring anytime soon. Um, and we get down to the Nile and I'm like, Hey, do you want to take a boat ride? And she goes, what do you mean boat ride? And I said, look at, there's a boat right down there. And this, this guy's like all excited and he's waving at us. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, let's go down and take a boat ride. She goes, well, isn't Johnny and Emily and that coming? And I go, ah, maybe. The, and Emily was like, no, we're going to stay here. And she's like, I don't want to go just with you. And I said, and you're getting ready to marry her. Yes. Marry yeah. You. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, please get in the boat let's just go for a little cruise and she's like no like everybody should come and they're like no 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 we're good we're just gonna wait here she goes this is really weird ricky i said get in the boat so now <laughs> she's po'd so that she's aggressive slightly and she's kind of annoyed with me so she's sitting on one end of the boat and i'm sitting on the other and we're cruising out to this island we get off the island and she's like okay what are we doing Oh, this is the source of the Nile. And she's like, oh, okay, big deal. And then I said, Jody, and I looked at her. As soon as I looked at her, she was like, I could feel the, the connection in the sense of she, she knew what was going to happen. I said, if I had a ring, I'd do this. And I took a knee and I put my hand in my, 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 uh, shorts and Oh, no. She said this. She goes, when I, I sorry, I kind of went down on a knee. She goes, what are you going to do, propose? And I said, if I had a ring, I'd do this. And then I grabbed my ring, pulled it out. And I said, this is the three precious metals of Africa. The Lord said I'm to make a three-strand cord unbroken, me, you, and the Lord. This is symbolic. You know that we have spent a big chunk of our time with the Lord in Africa together and separate this is symbolic i wanted to bring you to the source because my prayers is that god will always be a source of our relationship and through that we'll be able to continue to touch the world but together and then uh yeah then she knew it was real and some fireworks went off in the background and uh miraculous yeah <laughs> and who knew Oh, and if you had a ring and all of a sudden fireworks are going off. And let me tell you, <laughs> when I kissed her, it was like time stood still, but then it rewinded in my head back to when I had given my life to Lord and some screenshots in my brain on just the steps that got me there and the obedience of, of, um, purity and some other things that so often we give up too quickly that are treasures that were to protect. And, and, uh, it got me to that point and I was able to give those things to her beyond the ring, which was pretty cool. And she was able to do that the same to me. And <laughs> then we got in the boat. And our boat driver was so excited. And then we made the a cruise back and more friends joined the, uh, uh, the so banks. She, said yes. she did say yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good point. Just want to clarify. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then we got to the shore and all our friends were there and they were kind of hesitant. They were looking at us to make sure. And then she kind of put her hand up like a fist pump and then everybody cheered. And then we went. Probably, you know. So she wasn't afraid to be alone with you after that. Um, I was because after after when we when uh, she said yes, let me tell you, I could not be alone with her. I couldn't be around. She thought something was wrong, but I was like, man, this is the woman I'm going to marry. I don't trust myself. Like I am, like all systems ago, and <laughs> and and uh, so. She actually asked me at one point, she was like, Hey, what's going on? You're acting real weird. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I know I'm going to marry you obviously. And I don't, I want to kind of get 
to that point because I don't really trust myself and I want to continue to honor God all the way to I do. Um, and uh, so that was a, a important part because that builds trust because I believe that I'm not a woman, but I believe that women need to be able to trust their man and you need, need to be able to know that he's going to show some self-control. And that is kind of the proving ground for that in the, is the courtship, the dating part. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when both are feeling it and both are wanting it. Can the man show leadership? Because once you're married, the man needs to show leadership. He's the spiritual head of the house. And uh, uh, the woman in his life needs to be able to trust that he's going to rely on the Lord and and not um, the fleshly desires that kind of fuel the world at times, right? So we want to get our fuel from from the Spirit. So anyways. Yeah. I thought, like, that's a really yeah. interesting subject because like I own Rodeo Kids and the yeah. Performance Pony Company and like I'm a very driven woman and I've got a great husband who's yeah. very supportive of that. But I think there's this really um, strong divide right now in the world when it comes to women who want to achieve big things and we're trying to create more and more opportunities for women to be seen um, as equals in a sense um, in this world. How do you, as as you're talking about that relationship between man and woman and in God's version, how do you explain that to where women still get to achieve things yeah. and still get to be a wife and still get to be a woman and men still get to be men? Yeah. So my job is to support my wife to be all that God has called her to be. So I'm to be an encouragement. I'm to be uh, a rock for her. I'm to be uh, a good listener to her. Um, it's not that I rule over her or it's a partnership, but I believe that there are biblically, there are specific, um, jobs. And one of my jobs is to be a protector and to provide a safe environment and an environment that she feels like she can be all that God has made her to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a huge responsibility because God has, has, uh, made my wife uh, and my girls um, for a purpose and destiny. And it's my job to um, be a conduit um, for them to be able to get there um, and to be able to support them in that. So I see my job as a, as a man in the household as a supportive one, as a base, as a rock, um, kind of like as a uh, almost like a catapult. I'm catapulting my wife into her purpose and destiny and my girls into their purpose and destiny. And I do that in, in, um, a couple different ways. Um, and, uh, one is providing a very trustworthy, um, solid, um, godly, um, base for them to be able to launch off of. Um, and that's a big responsibility. I like the word foundation. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think. The foundation. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What do you think, John? Well, I, and that's kind of the reason I brought up the, the, the unique way that Ricky compo- proposed to Jody. They had to communicate. They had to understand where we're at. Both of them, I don't understand where we're at in God, okay, which makes this this spiritual uh, journey to where he proposed to her. Not everybody gets that opportunity, Mm -hmm. but the fact that he and her both were walking with God made it a great situation. You know, um, Sarge, here's the thing with that. I had a history. Jody had a history too, you know, um, everybody it, has a story. Yeah. And you know, we weren't, we were not in the physical, you know, we were not virgins. So we had made bad choices in, in the, in the, in the past, but you know, God can restore those things. And, and, um, 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope in that. So sorry. Yes, it is. I I, I it just it amazed me when he told me this story back 16, 17 years ago. It, it just amazed me at the walk with God that both of them were in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so as we're at Rodeo Bible Camp in Rifle, Colorado, how do you think that relates to like rodeo and kids today? Well, uh, how ro- it relates to the kids that we are with today at Bible Camp. Uh, some of the things I saw today reminded me what God said about iron sharpens iron. There's a lot of young men here. We were watching the bull riding or the beginner bull riders and how encouraging each young man, which is the other, about getting on a bull that could hurt them. It was amazing to watch how God led them to be the best they can be and understanding that win or lose, that God was in their life. God was walking him through this situation. Uh, my story is a little different than Ricky's. Uh, I had a great childhood. Uh, I joined the military at 18. Uh, I didn't actually come to Christ until I was 22, 23, uh, sitting in a country church with my brothers. Uh, and the pastor, after talking, I really, I don't really think I was paying that much attention to. But when he brought the gospel at the end of the service and asked anybody uh, to basically, if God was speaking to you, come up to the front. Next thing I know, I'm standing in front. Mm-hmm. God led me there. Just like the the JT spoke on the first night yes. of the uh, Bible camp, God leads you to him. It's up to you to step up and accept God and his word and accept him in that narrow gate to follow him. And I was young, 23, back in the military, and uh, God led me around the world. And I, I believe that every opportunity that he gave me, I told people that I was a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a Christian, but a man of faith and what that really means to be a man of faith. It means being humble. It means stepping up when you need to. It means proposing to a woman that you truly love and a unique opportunity that he provided for you. This week, the two days we've been here, I've seen a lot of young people with that hope and understanding in their hearts that are a part of the Western world. Mm-hmm. It, it amazes me how a little three foot, almost four foot young lady can control, uh, ride a 1500 pound horse around a bunch of cows, mm-hmm. you know, but it, 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 it amazes me also that God has brought all these people here mm-hmm. to be a part of this. Well, I think that goes to like what I think of. This is my second year at this rodeo Bible camp in Rifle, Colorado. And I've been doing clinics for 15 years. And and it's a matter of saying yes to what God calls you to do. Like when I look around and I see these kids, especially the teenage kids that we talk about, who this, to their to their friend group, this might not be the popular choice right now. And that's one thing that JT has talked about multiple times is that especially when you're a teenager, you know, when you're a little kid, you kind of do what your parents tell you to do and you follow in your parents' footsteps. But when you're trying to find your own independence and when you're trying to find that walk with God or or just that walk in life in general, and you're not even sure what that means. Maybe your parents think, maybe you don't come from a Christian background. You've never heard about God, but you have this pull. And when that pull and you think, man, maybe this is what I, maybe this is what my friends have talked about that God is, or I've, I've seen that church symbol or, or that cross, you know, here in that neighborhood. And, and maybe you feel that pull saying yes to that and coming to a place like this. You know, I, I saw a girl and I'm, I'm really excited to see as, as camp goes on. I haven't seen her today since this morning, but she was real quiet to begin with. And, 
And I just know that God put her here for a reason. We sat with her the very first night that we got here and she was really quiet. And I just thought, you know what? I know that God has that girl here for a reason. And, you know, and there's even those people, sometimes you think that the most powerful person in the world is the loudest one, but sometimes those are the weakest people in in the room as well. And, and those people who are talking, 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 God probably brought them here too, just to, to be in a position to listen. But the point of, I guess, whatever I'm saying is that everybody that is here, everybody had to say yes at some point in time. They had to say yes to accepting that this is what God is asking them to do. And it has been amazing just in two two days that we've been here. And there is still another day and a half that these kids are here and that we're here. And it will be amazing and will continue to be amazing to see what God brought them, brings them through just by saying yes to what God led them to. And so whether it's rodeo or maybe, you know, I I also feel that sometimes I, I know that there's kids that struggle with the mental side of things and that maybe it's more about your parents did something. And it's also okay to say no to one thing and to say yes to another. So being able to say like, Hey, like this isn't for me. You know, we were talking, I was talking to Joe earlier. He's saddle rock instructor. He said, you know, I just got a couple kids now and I can tell like after doing just some of the groundwork with them, like it's not, that's not for them. And we did this conversation with Tim O'Connell that sometimes the conversation isn't, is, yeah. Yeah. And that sometimes it's, it's no, this part of it isn't for me, but yes, I'm still here to learn about God. Maybe I'm supposed to be a preacher. Maybe I'm supposed to be the gate man in the back who's subtly sharing their story with one guy after another. Maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be a team roper. Maybe I'm supposed to be an announcer and just, but being available when God tells you to go to a place and he gives you a direction to sign up for something, to just be open when you get there to whatever it is that God says that you're supposed to do there and to be open to exploring that avenue. And in the same kind of the same way, uh, God wants you to pray and you should pray mm-hmm. all the time. Sometimes God's answer is wait. Sometimes oh, God's yes. answer is wait because you're not ready for the next situation. You're not ready for that next step. God is answering your prayers and he is listening. But sometimes God says, you need to wait. I love that you until say that. I am ready to put you there. I just sent a post out the other day. I saw this on social media and it said, God's replies to your prayers. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Yes, but not right now. No, but I have something better. Yeah. Ooh. Those are the God's three options. Yeah. Yes, go for it. Yes, but not right now. No, because I have something better. But you have to be willing to put yourself in the position to figure that out, to hear what he has to And say. sometimes that is moving forward, but God's God loves to lead people that are moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you need to be moving. And that, and that happens to a lot of people, uh, even young people, they get stagnant. They stop. They don't move AKA forward and they're com- yeah, yeah. <laughs> communicating with God. Okay. Yeah. God is great about leading somebody that is moving towards him or they're communicating but they're not listening yes they're not taking action yes and you know talking about rodeo you've been given an incredible platform you know yes you've heard probably hey give it all to the lord but really give it all to the lord all the glory and even the defeats even the hard times you know you can really really shine you know um, Cammy mentioned Tim O'Connell. Well, you know, he'll get bucked off and, you know, it's very when, or he, you know, he'll fall off a bareback horse. And it's interesting because you can see him when he, when he gets the 90 point or you can see him when he gets the zero, he acts the same way. He, he uh, points the same direction. You know, he doesn't forget his faith and, and, uh, where he's at. And that's, you know, sometimes our, our failures or, what we think our failures can be our, our greatest um, platforms to be able to share God's love to others because it's how we react. And um, 
Well, we relate to each other, yeah. not in our successes. I yeah. mean, we wish that we did. We wish yeah. that when everything was going great, that yeah. everybody related. Yeah. But it's more the struggles that we go through that we relate. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things about life is and and being humble. And, you know, we were talking to some of the girls earlier and they said that I asked them, about, I said, well, what's your goal in full bay? And they said to make a clean pattern and to, for the boys to be watching, you know, something like that. Girls <laughs> <laughs> are teenage girls and stuff, but more importantly for God to be watching and just to be making sure that we're glorifying him and, and he will put the right boys in our lives or the right girls in your lives at the right time. So for those of you that are boy hungry or girl hungry or whatever, just the hormones are raging, which it happens life is the way that for whatever reason he made us, but to trust him. And, um, I think it's just a, it's just such a cool opportunity to trust in the Lord to, to put you in those positions and to bring the people around you that will, Make your light shine. Yeah. Amen. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I know as a bull rider in, in the late 70s and early 80s, uh, God blessed me and put a lot of great men in my life, Christian men in my life, even in rodeo at that time, that were encouraging. I mean, I bucked off a lot. I, I, I rode uh, in the se- early, late 70s, early 80s. I rode against some of the greatest bull riders that are known. Donnie Gay, you know, Bobby Berger, uh, those type of guys. Uh, and God blessed me to have the opportunity to listen and learn from a lot of good men of faith as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. I love the word listen. Explain that a little bit. Ah, listen. Sometimes... In my rodeo career as a young man, even in my military career, I I had the great opportunity to be around a lot of great men. Uh, Sometimes it's a whole lot better to listen to what a man is is saying in leadership. But it's also a great opportunity to learn who that man is. Uh, God puts people in your life for a reason, which is what I mean, truly what I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, God has put men in my life to see things that I shouldn't do, but he's put a lot of men in my life to see what the right way, the right path is. Which one's easier to focus on? Uh, it's easier to see the wrong path than it is the right path. I'll be the first one to say that. Mm-hmm. I like the narrow and the wide gate. Exactly. Ricky sitting beside me, my son-in-law, has given me more than I think I've given him. His his example and his parenting, his his love for his wife, his leadership of his family, and his leadership of the community that we're in, even tonight, as we're here. He has three kids here. All three of them are very humble. They're very, uh, they're awesome kids. They're, they, they know and they have not only manners, but they understand what God is so they can pass it on to other kids. And do you think that comes from having strong leadership in the parenting? Yes, I do. But I also believe that being around other Christians, other, yes. other, other kids that are Christians and believe the same things we do, mm-hmm. even at that young age, mm-hmm. uh, God calls us as men to gather other men around us that are men of faith. Okay. And but it, go ahead. Sorry, Serge. And here's the thing as an encouragement, maybe some of you that are listening, um, to this podcast, don't come from Christian homes. Well, I didn't either. And, uh, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I don't know how to do this. That is a, that's not a bad posture because when you say, I don't know how, and you're looking in the right direction, you're looking to the Lord, you know what? He's going to show you. Here I it is. Yeah. I don't know how to be, um, a healthy, um, uh, balanced, self-controlled, loving, caring father if I'm just going to look at my own earthly dad. Now, 
I'm not trying to, you know, paint him in a bad way, but he was not a man of faith. And so I didn't have that as a model. But I want to encourage you, if you keep your eyes focused on the Lord and be in his word, being in his word is so important, but it doesn't come natural. We have to train ourselves just like how you do with all the hours of roping, all the uh, uh, times um, in the arena, going through the pattern you know, over and over and over. That's what we need to be doing with the Lord. We need to be patterning ourselves on God. And when we do that, you know, uh, he's going to show us. He's going to show us uh, how to live, what to say. And, you know, I keep my eyes focused. Thank you. Focused on the Lord. And he's showing me how to be a dad. Because to be honest, in my flesh, I do not know how to do this. And there's times I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to do this. Will you show me? And he does. He does show me. I'm like, Father, I don't know how to be that husband for Jody right now. Will you show me? And he does. You have to ask. Because when you ask, the heart opens, the brain opens, you become teachable. If you don't ask, then things close. And, and you're just kind of doing your own thing. Um, and I don't want to do my own thing. I want to do what the Lord, you know, what the Lord has for me. But, but, uh, just to encourage you guys, if you come from hard backgrounds, hard homes, maybe your mom and dad don't know the Lord, or maybe they know the Lord, but they're not walking in that. Um, you know what? There is hope for you. Um, just like me, you know, um, my kids are like the first full generation that have an opportunity to have parents that love them. And uh, so I want to encourage you to, you know, we're sitting here tonight, but if you're sitting in your room or wherever you're at, there is, um, look to him and, um, he, he's going to lead you and good things are going to, good things will happen. Yeah. Okay. So we're down to the last 10 minutes. All right. What is your advice? Like if just to round it all out, if you think about the world today and if you think about rodeo and about kids and, and life and all the wonderful things that are happening and all the awesome opportunities that are in front of them and, and as they're seeking and navigating, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for youth today? Ricky, you can go first. John, you can follow up. So the advice I would say, this one thing that comes to mind. Wherever you look today, you look at professional athletes, you know, I come from Canada, so it's all about hockey, right? So, yep. So the Stanley Cup just took place. And when these guys are scoring goals, you can see their, their uh, mouths mouthing, let's go. You know, well, they just scored a goal, but they're saying, Hey, let's keep going and, Mm -hmm. and, um, let's go. And I know y'all have heard that you, you hear it all you know, on social media, when good things are happening, even when tough things are happening, you know, um, athletes are saying that let's go. And I think it kind of represents, um, don't give up. Um, you know what, this is a journey. Um, it's going to take, if, if you have a heart to succeed in a different area, you know, we're talking about rodeo, give it to the Lord. Um, allow the Lord to guide you in that, but keep going. Don't give up because you know what? You're going to face adversity. You're going to face times where you might in the flesh feel like you need to give up. Don't give up. But you know what? Allow God to be a part of that journey because he wants to be. If you're passionate about horses, if you're passionate about a particular event, you know what? God just might have put that inside of you, but it doesn't end there. He wants to use it. He wants to use it as a canvas for you to paint a beautiful picture. And he might put you in places where you can share it to the whole world, or you can share it to that one person that needs to use it or needs to hear it. And then you're going to realize it's not about rodeo at all. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's about reaching a broken world that so desperately needs a savior. And you're just, you're the one to, re- to roll out the red carpet of introduction. 
Use rodeo. Use, don't allow God to live. Like while you're saying that, that like when you're doing that for the right reasons, you'll get the buckles and you'll get the trophies and you'll get all of the things that God has intended for you when you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, it's so easy to get so focused on the buckles. Stop focusing on the buckles and the trophies and do it for the right reasons. Do it for God and he will provide those for you. And then you can share your stories as to why. And if you put God first, those buckles will come. Exactly. That's exactly. If you put God first in your life, the buckles will come. Mm -hmm. Okay, John, I'm turning it over to you. All right, go ahead. You better walk into the arena like God sent you there. That is an, an amazing comment. Every day that you get up, God has put you on this earth for a reason. Amen. That's to spread his word. When you walk into that arena tomorrow night, the next night, or whatever night that you're at a rodeo or Life is horse performance arena. or whatever, yeah. remember God put you there for a purpose. And he's with you. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever happens, God put you there. There's going to be good nights and there's going to be bad nights. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and know that God's in your life, and you keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd learned that a lot earlier in my life, especially in my military career, because there was days that I really, really wanted to quit, but God wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. And in my rodeo career, <laughs> the rodeos I did win, I knew that God put me there for that when you win you know like you don't even remember the rest of it you just remember that god put you there yeah like you don't remember every specific of the ride like when those rides come together because they're god rides. bull riders do they remember every bull well we do and for- <laughs> but, but there's parts of it you just don't remember yeah. it was meant to be yes but that's only eight seconds of your life mm-hmm. god is there 24 7. Eternity. 365. For life beyond what we can even fathom. Oh, man. Thankful for that. And bull riders Mm -hmm. do tend to remember that eight seconds (laughs) because it was an awesome ride and they felt like God was with them on that bull. Mm -hmm. And I I, I totally agree with that because I can remember every bull. Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. Every bull ride that I won and won a major rodeo, I remember it. Mm -hmm. But I also remember that. God was there and kept me safe. And literally, I feel like a couple of times, but if it hadn't been for God saying, hey, do this, I'd been under it or I'd have been hung up. Uh, I I totally believe that God has spoken to me several times in my life. That's awesome. But when you step into that arena, know that God is there. Okay, last question. Uh-oh. What advice do you have for parents? What do I, uh, oh, for parents? For parents. For parents. For families. Fa- families and parents. Okay. Communicate. Have relationships of your children. Don't put your. What does that mean? It means kids are kids. All right. There we go. Kids are going to be kids. They're going to make mistakes. Don't put your stuff on to get those kids. Exactly. Do not put your daily issues, your daily pressures Onto those children because they truly don't understand. Go try to live through them. They're their own people. Ah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Huge. Don't live your life through pressuring your child to do better. Let that child grow. Just be the support yeah. and the guidance. Mm-hmm. Provide the opportunities. And the example. Provide the, yeah, the example. Very much the example. If you want to, if you have an argument or you need to discuss something with your child, approach it with, let's fix something. Let's show them what God, the grace that God gives and the love that God gives to them. Some of the greatest impacts you can have on your kid's life is how you respond to failure also, because they're always watching you. So, so um, yeah, just thinking about some of the times where I've messed up, they've been watching. now. They're looking for the response. How am I going to respond? That becomes some of the 
some of the greatest impact that you can have. So don't stop at the failure, you know, respond to that, respond to that in a godly manner and you'll see God like use it. Yes. Yeah. Communicate from the same love that, and the grace and the forgiveness of God gives you. Yeah. Okay. Last words, Bible verses, advice, anything. Last words. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> it does. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I just like how passionate you say that. Well, I, it's, it's because I understand it. Uh-huh. I mean, it, especially in my rodeo Our career, in my military career, uh, God, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. God puts good people in your life. Mm-hmm. Help them, they'll help you. Yeah. The longer you live and the more you believe it, the truer it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, this has just been um, a, a super impacting day for me. Um, and there's kind of a, a lot to unpack in that because I don't want to miss what the Lord is showing me. Um, as far as different Bible verses and different things um, that I can, like last words that I can share with you. Um, you know, there was a time where I went and I studied real hard um, at a place called like a seminary, Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. And I learned, you know, Hebrew and Greek and we studied and studied and studied. And it felt like it was just kind of academics. And uh, I felt kind of pulling farther away from God instead of going closer to Him. And I think what I want to share with you right now is keep it simple. Approach your daddy in heaven like you're his son or daughter. You can, I speak to um, the Lord like little Ricky. I don't speak like I'm giving a speech. I speak in a real, yeah, human, yeah. And I share all sorts of stuff. And he's a big God and he can handle it. I share frustrations. I share confusion. Mm. I just share. You cannot say anything to God that he's going to turn his back on you. Mm -hmm. And keep it simple. Approach God as a son or daughter. And and um, he is a safe place that you can go to. He understands, and he always has a way out. He always has a solution. Um, and and uh, um, don't put God, don't compare God to maybe your your earthly father and mother relationships. Um, Different scenarios. Yeah, and there's a freedom. And um, you know, it took me a while to relax and um get trust. used yeah and trust and get used to my voice sounding vulnerable mm-hmm. and open um because i wasn't taught that growing up i was taught to suppress everything and to present a certain picture that i have it in control that i've got it mm-hmm. and god wants god wants to have it so give it to him yeah, and I think and, in that, yeah. like, I just want to add to that, like, give it to him first. It's really yeah. easy to want to go to your friends and to want to gossip and to be mm. frustrated mm. and to be like, oh my gosh, this happened or that happened or blah, blah, blah. And to like, try to put all of our frustrations on our worldly family. But it's, I, I think you really eliminate a lot of stress and frustration and drama in your life when. You take all of that, like you said, he's got broad shoulders. He can handle it. If you put on him first and you ask him for that guidance instead of asking your, I mean, and and when you do ask your friends, like I've got a prayer, I've got two girls that are my best friends and um, I've got a, a great support system, but I have two girls specifically that are my prayer warriors. And when I'm going through something, like those are the girls that I know have a relationship with God. And that when I ask them a question or when I share my frustrations with them, like first I share it with God. And if I still don't feel like I'm reaching him and I know that he has given me those people in my life that that have a stronger relationship with him and who can see it in a different light, I go to them with it and we pray about it because they're not going to judge me or my relationships or the people or anything that's going on. They're just going to say, hey, like I'm 
I can dissect this and I can see what you need prayers for. So finding those groups and finding that support system and just trusting that God has the people with you and just knowing to go to him first and going to his children second, not just going to the people of the world who like to talk and gossip and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And that goes back to the narrow gate and the wide gate. Yes. If you travel the narrow gate, which is speaking to God first, you know, mm-hmm. if God, if you don't think God would want to listen to it. Why would anybody else? Why would anybody else? Amen. All right. Would you guys like to share just one last prayer? <laughs> Wrap it up with a prayer. You got it, Ricky. Go for it. Father, I thank you so much that I can be with my friends right now who are listening, Lord. I just pray that they would know they're not alone that you love them, that you have a purpose for them, that you have a destiny for them, God. Thank you for that. I pray, Lord, that you would peel their hearts back um, like an onion, Lord, to the place of softness, to the place of vulnerability, to a place of tears, God, to a place of just softness, God, to you, that um, you are somebody that they can trust. You are the creator. You're the God on high, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you love us so much that you brought your son, Jesus, to us, um, that he died on the cross and arose again for us, that we can have a relationship, God, with a loving God. And and I pray that we'd keep it simple. I pray against any condemnation, any lies of the enemy in Jesus' name over my friends. Um, and I pray that they would believe that you have only good things for them. And when the storms come, that they would rely on you, God, that you would be the compass um, and that you would show them show them the way, Lord. Uh, I thank you for the privilege it is to be able to sit with Cammie and John and John tonight, God, at their trailer at this Rodeo Bible Camp in Rifle, Colorado, Father. And uh, I, I just love my friends. And I'm I'm thankful for them, um, and I'm thankful for rodeo time in Jesus' name. Rodeo kids, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What an amazing relationship we were able to form with some new friends at the Flat Tops Rodeo Bible Camp in Rifle, Colorado this past week. We are just so thankful that God blesses all of us with so many amazing people in our life. And we want to encourage you, if you have kids or if you know of kids who are looking for those kinds of relationships and those kinds of people in their life, that God has rodeokids.com waiting for them. Our ambassador team has an amazing group of God-fearing Christian young men and women who want to grow their faith, grow their circle, and bring more people to him, as well as compete and grow their competitive side and their mental game and all of the things. Um, We are a team and we want to encourage you to join us as well. If you're looking for that group, if you've just left camp and you are wanting to continue your walk and to be in an environment where it's important and popular and cool to be a Christian and to be a cowboy and a cowgirl, please join rodeokids.com. We want to be here to support you and to spread the good word of the good Lord. So uh, head on over rodeokids.com. Join now. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. We are here to support, to grow, and to be a team for God. Until next time, good luck, safe travels, and God bless.